Well, hello, and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. We're in the midst of season two, talking about discerning decisions. So in addition to talking about kind of the what and why of discernment and different ways we enter into discerning decisions, we're offering a series of case studies, talking about just kind of real life faithful followers of Jesus and how they've navigated significant decisions themselves. So today we're turning the tables. I'm here with my friend, Patty Crone, and uh, she's actually going to be interviewing me for this case study interview. So say hi, Patty. Hey, all. So um, with that, I'm going to relinquish my interviewing hat and give it to Patty. And uh, I'm going to share a bit about just the time I was in the midst of a significant decision. So Patty, take it away. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. You get to introduce yourself with something your Praxis listeners would not already know about oh you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, my name is Max. I'm the pastor of College Age Ministry here at the church. And that's pretty tough because if you listen to the podcast at all, you know I'm a pretty vulnerable, open person. There's got to be something. Um, Come on. So uh, my name is Max. I'm husband to Monica. I have three children Joy, Zoe, and Eden, all gals. And something about me that Praxis people would not know. Mm. Drum roll. I don't know if I've talked a lot about this, but I was a Boy Scout. Oh. So I was a Cub Scout. And a Boy Scout. So when I was in middle school, I joined, I was a Cub Scout. And then kind of, that's kind of for younger people. And then when you get into like high school-ish years, you become a Boy Scout. And we have some Boy Scouts in Praxis, but I did not complete my Eagle oh, Scout. Oh, you were not an Eagle so Scout. So that's something I have to live with for my life. Because once you turn 18, you can't progress anymore. So oh. I kind of started it when I was like a freshman. And then I was kind of like, this is lame. I'm like too cool for this. And I stopped doing it. And I was not too cool for it. it so was that just... was not the right decision. <laughs> yeah. That was yes. not the best discernment process. <laughs> right. So see, we learn. There you go. And then kind of I returned to it. I was like, oh, I, I want to finish, you know, and by then it was it was too late. But um, I was a Boy Scout. I enjoy, I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy camping. Um, Crossing and... older people across the street. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Helping elderly <laughs> people across the street. That <laughs> Isn't there a badge, badge? for that? <laughs> I think, what's it called? Citizenship. You could badge. cross me across, you could walk me across oh, the street, Max, Patty, and get that's... your, <laughs> get your, get your yeah. old people badge. It's never too late. Um, <laughs> so that's a bit about me. All right. Well, we are doing these case studies, which are so helpful. And uh, I'd like you to tell us a bit about the situation for, for which you were seeking to discern God's leading, his direction. So set the scene for us. Give us a little background. Yeah. You know, as I was thinking about what I could talk about, and I've shared a bit about this, but uh, just the decision to come here and uh, specifically choosing this among other possibilities. And the scene um, was that I had been laid off from my previous job. So I was a high school pastor at a church here in the East Bay in Fremont, where I grew up. In fact, it was the youth group where I accepted Christ. Wow. Came to Christ in this youth group, and then I went away to college, became a youth pastor, worked at another church for a bunch of years up in the North Bay, and then had the opportunity to come back to pastor the group where I had accepted Christ, which was a really wow. kind of a cool full circle kind of God moment. And Really um, cool. Yeah, it was neat. And so I was there for three and a half years, and um, the church was not alone in this, but um, especially in this season, you know, churches, the church was struggling a bit, um, including financially, and kind of came to a place where they could no longer retain me. 
um, in my role as high school pastor. And so they called me in one day and said, hey, we're not going to be able to have you continue here. And um, so that set off. And that was actually about six months before COVID happened. So um, got that news that I was being laid off and then um, got a severance for a few months and then started 2020 with no job. And then in March 2020, we all know what happened there. And, um, and so as that kind of went on, got to about a year, year plus where I had not been in ministry, did not have a job, um, and was needing a job. And I had been, you know, felt called to ministry and had been doing that with my life, but now I did not have a venue in which to do mm-hmm. that. And so I was just kind of had wondering. Had to be disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um. I contemplated like a move into the marketplace, yeah. like being a, a recruiter for a tech company. You know, I interviewed at a Christian school to be a teacher. And Lots of decisions to make. It was hard wow. because I really felt and still feel, you know, that this was the Lord's calling mm-hmm. to serve the local church, but I did not have an avenue in which to do that. And perhaps I could have, you know, if I was moved to another state mm-hmm. or another place, mm-hmm. but we also felt a sense of calling to be here in the East Bay. And so that's kind of where I was at that point. Wow. So what led you to feeling like that decision need to be made? It's clear this, this 2020 not having work and needing obviously to provide for your family and also yeah. fulfill your mission for what God has for you in his world. Um, how did you seek to hear from God? Yeah. Yeah, so kind of picking up that story of like <clears throat> um, being jobless, and um, I was helping out like a small church plant at that time as well, but just kind of got to the point of like, okay, I need to kind of get something going here. And I remember I was at home, which pretty much everybody was, you know, <laughs> at that point in time and history. And um, a friend of mine called me um, who knew that I. Didn't have a job and said, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm the youth pastor, right? He was a youth pastor colleague of mine. I'm working at this church. We're looking for a, a worship person. Oh. And um, I have, you know, I had a background in music. I was mm-hmm. a music major. I, I enjoy leading worship. I can play guitar, you know, and sing. Um, and I, I had never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had led worship for my youth group for many years, but I'd never been like the worship leader mm-hmm. for a church. Um, but at this time I didn't have anything, you know? So I said, well, I'm willing to have the conversation and kind of tell you who I am and what I'm about. And you can kind of let me know what you think, you know? So those conversations were happening. And then, um, at the same time I was maybe once a week or twice a week, maybe every day I was looking <laughs> at churchstaffing.com. <laughs> maybe is, three times a yeah, day. <laughs> where people will post like jobs for uh-huh. ministry things and you can like filter by state, by region, you know, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so I would look periodically about like, you know, what are some local congregations looking for, for people, you know, church staffing. And I saw a job to, for a part-time college director at three crosses. So, um, I had, I was familiar with the church. I'd had some friends who'd gone here and worked here even in the past, but at that time I didn't know anybody who worked here. Um, I didn't, I was familiar with the church, but I didn't know that much Mm -hmm. about it beyond some people I knew worked there. 
So I, um, I had obviously created my resume at this mm-hmm. point, and so I sent it off to the church, and um, they said that they had it. They interviewed me and said, "Hey, yeah, we'd like to have you come out, like maybe in like two months." to uh, speak to the group. Yeah, it was a long waiting period. I was like, okay. And in that meantime, I was talking with this church and they might be listening. This is a great church. You know, mm-hmm. this wasn't um, really amazing people, the chance to work with a friend. Um, mm-hmm. And so it kind of came down to it in the same weekend, I received the job offer for both jobs. Wow. So um, after a lot of conversation with this church, they said, hey, we'd like to invite you on to be kind of this Mm part-time worship leader. And then they said, hey, we'd like to invite you to consider, um, you know, taking this role Mm -hmm. as the college director here at Three Crosses. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I was kind of like faced with this challenge of like, okay, here's these two good Mm -hmm. churches. Mm -hmm. um, Great opportunities. Great opportunities. And which one do I pick? Both East Bay, both ministry. That's fantastic. So as you continue down this path of discerning God's will, what did that look like? Yeah. So um, it was challenging. <laughs> you I know, bet. Uh, there was a number of factors. One, you know, with my friend, I didn't want to disappoint my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, and something I've enjoyed and found about myself over the years was I really love like collaborating. Collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, working with like-minded and like-hearted that. people mm-hmm. that I can run with. And I really place a high value on that. Versus, I think for ministry, that's can be undervalued. It is critical because yeah. it's creative and creative and collaboration. Man, they are they're they're good friends. Right. So that was mm-hmm. appealing because um, I really wanted to yeah. create and collaborate with this person. And here at Three Crosses, I mean, I had an interview. I you know met some people once or twice. And this is also during COVID. So everyone's wearing masks. We're all outside. You don't even know what they look like. Yeah. I don't know any of these. Some (laughs) of the people were on a zoom call for my interview, you know? Um, Mm. so it's like, Hey, I I know this person. I'm excited by aspects of this role. Mm -hmm. Um, but then here's this opportunity. And then to be a college pastor was something I'd never done before. You know, I had, Mm -hmm. so both of them were kind of things They both were new that I hadn't done that were outside of kind of my my work experience up to that point in my adult life. So in both of those cases, um, it was something new, but, uh, in both cases, courage. I mean, your whole journey, I'm hearing courage, 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 Mm. and initiative, which is so important with discernment. So yeah, don't want to miss those themes. They're very important. Mm. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I thought about it, and something in detail I hadn't mentioned was they were all somewhat close by, but the the worship leader position was in Brentwood. And for those who are not familiar with Bay geography, that's about a 45-minute drive from my house to that place. That could be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. And to get here in Castro Valley from my house in Fremont is about 20 to 25 minutes. Um, So as I weighed both, I thought these are both things that I'm passionate about. These are both ways in which I could glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to worship and I love to lead people in that. They're both good. Yeah, they're yeah. both good. Yeah. Um, but I would say one of the, I, I would say two factors as I reflected upon the circumstances, kind of weighed the pros and cons, you know, talked with other people was um, this role as, you know, college pastor. This seems to fit more of your heart Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
kind of what's some of the best that you bring to the service of the local church. It's not that you're not a, a bad worship. I mean, we here at, you know, Three Crosses, we have Pastor Ian, who's just mm-hmm. unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know, and his heart for the Lord, his technical skill. You know, I'm nowhere near that level, you know. <laughs> um, but I can do it, and I mm-hmm. enjoy it, you know. But as I talk with my wife and as I reflected upon just what I feel, as I think about my passion, my gifting, mm-hmm. my story, um, that this feels like this fits more of how God has used me and perhaps wants to use me for his service. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't me just deciding what suits me best, right? you know, but as the Lord has deployed me right mm-hmm. in, yeah. you know, the Lord of the harvest, sending people out into gotcha. his harvest mm-hmm. field, you know, these are some, the, the pattern that I see, maybe this fits the pattern better. Um, so there was that piece. There was just kind of like the alignment with my story. And then there was also like a heart for the East Bay. Um, and that was also perhaps a Mm -hmm. prayerful reflection on my part as I kind of thought through kind of the thread of my life, Mm -hmm. um, that I've kind of lived in this region. Mm -hmm. I was born in Oakland. I moved to Fremont. I went to school in Davis, which is like an hour and a half away, which is like the furthest I've ever lived away. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back to Benicia. I was a youth pastor there for nine years, which is about 45 minutes from here. And then I moved to Fremont Mm -hmm. and, um, as perhaps you can attest, Patty, mm-hmm. moving here recently, the Bay is a very unique place. It is in the East Bay. <laughs> East Bay is unique. Is unique the Bay. amongst mm-hmm. the unique places among the Bay. And mm-hmm. um, you know, as I sat at home, you know, mm-hmm. without a job, mm-hmm. um, it just—I guess it was just a sense and reflecting back on my experience of just—I love this place. Yeah. Um, and I love these people, and I feel like I'm uniquely equipped, perhaps, to be a gospel messenger in this context. Because in my ministry experience, I've seen a lot of people come here from other places and not be successful. Not be successful. Because it's a real shock, you know? It's culture shock. I will attest to the culture culture shock coming from the Central Valley to the Bay. I've seen people move here from all kinds of places and thrive, you know? So that's not a blanket statement. But um, there's people maybe who come from other spots. And and I think what... mm, I wouldn't say pained me, but just I felt the sadness about was that people didn't love it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can understand that, you know, of like, I don't have but a that connection. that testifies how much you do love it. Right, If right. when other people don't, it's kind of like, oh. Yeah. Put up your gloves. <laughs> put up your gloves and fight me for it. Right. And it's just kind of a, a missionary. Yeah. Like I had a friend, a youth pastor friend who said, I moved here to um, be a missionary, You know, Mm -hmm. we've kind of talked about that because this is one of the most unreached areas, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. a a whole shift that's happening in global Christianity, you know, where it's cute here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like there's people who really have never heard the gospel before that live here. And a lot of time that was Or they've heard a false gospel. Yeah. That they think is the true gospel. Yeah. And so we've thought about us as sending missionaries Mm -hmm. to other unreached areas. It's like, this is the unreached area. This is it. We're here. (laughs) This is the place. Like this is the mission field. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel this sense of wonder and joy that it's like, wow, I'm right in the middle of that and I have a chance to be a part of it, you know? So it sounds like there's, you know, the next question I would have for you is as you look back, what do you think about this decision and how do you feel about the decision you made? I mean, it's kind of sounding like a duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of sounding like you are really glad this is a decision you made. And I have watched you lead worship. Um, and I think you do, you do a fantastic job, but getting to know you, um, that one-on-one interpersonal Mm. piece to praxis, I would think would be 
would be really life-giving. It would be, and, and not that you can't do that as a worship pastor, but I don't know that you have the same access to people's journeys and souls and even stories like that, even at issues like this discernment process. So right. I'm grateful the Lord brought you here. What would be a, some counsel? What would be a nugget? What would be a gem you would give someone who's seeking to make a, dis, a, a to discern something, uh, discern God's will in a decision similar or maybe in the same neighborhood of this? idea? You know, for me, I'm a, um, I'm a pretty reflective person. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes self-reflection can be a downward spiral, you for know? Sure. The <laughs> so pit I, of despair. Yeah. I think we need to have, like, I'm, I'm up in the middle of the night thinking about all my failures and shortcomings, <laughs> you know? So there's a temperament and a place where self-reflection can, can go bad, can go sideways. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be for aware sure. of that. But for me, a key part of my discerning direction in life has been kind of tracing the line of God's story mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. my life. You know, yeah. I sat down the other day with a, a gal who was just talking about, you know, she was in her 60s now, but she talked about how in her late 30s she was homeless and addicted mm -hmm. to drugs and alcohol, a single mom, you know, and God changed everything for her, mm -hmm. you know, and now her story is working with divorced people and mm -hmm. people in substance abuse and addiction. And it's out of mm -hmm. her story of brokenness that God's bringing some of the most incredible fruit mm -hmm. that nobody it's else incredible. could, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so part of, you know, and she could be serving in, she could be in parking, you know, mm -hmm. she could be in children's, mm -hmm. she could be serving Anywhere. the Lord mm -hmm. in a bunch of different places and be effective mm -hmm. and good. But perhaps the most impact that the Lord might have for her is, in the brokenness that she mm -hmm. walked through, you yeah, know, absolutely. and it's the, the unique shape of her story mm -hmm. that perhaps gives her unique opportunities mm -hmm. that other people don't, you know? So I mentioned that just to say that that's part of a key part of my discerning mm -hmm. process is I just walk with the Lord. And as I'm weighing a decision, as I'm kind of just reflecting on kind of the through line mm -hmm. of my life. You yeah. know, of like, where have I seen God at work in my story? Mm -hmm. Even like what you drew out of like, just seeing like, oh yeah, that one-on-one, -on -one, that coming alongside, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see that as a thread through your story, yeah. you know, and um, that's kind of something, mm -hmm. that's part of what tipped the scale to be here Yeah, was like, yeah, I love leading worship. I, I, I can do all these mm -hmm. different things, but you know, what is that thread? Yeah, You know, and I'm just kind of pulling at it because I don't even know, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, sometimes it's that can be an important part of a discerning process is people maybe see in you what you, what you just see. can't see in yourself. For and sure. maybe that helps deepen our discerning. But to your point of just kind of like a, a nugget or a takeaway is just spend some time reflecting mm -hmm. on God's story in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that as we kind of look back on how he's led us, what he's led us through, mm -hmm. you know, that that can cast some light on the path ahead, Absolutely. you know, it can give us maybe some peace about like, and it, there also needs to be an openness there mm -hmm. to allow God's light to shine through maybe mm -hmm. some parts of our story that we would rather just leave behind. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, God might want to bring healing mm -hmm. to you personally mm -hmm. and healing and blessing to others through you, through mm -hmm. that very thing that yeah. you're avoiding, <laughs> you Absolutely. know? And I have a lot of conversations with people just like that. It's like, I think the greatest impact you could have mm -hmm. is the one thing that you're running away from, Absolutely. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look at Jonah. Yes. <laughs> what an impact yeah. he had on Nineveh. <clears throat> He's running away from it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's so good. I, and I, like I said, like the a thread I kept hearing, and I know there were some external motivators with 
you know, with shutdown and COVID and, 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 and having a family, but there was a lot of internal motivators I hear too in your story of really wanting to hear God's voice and really that belief that he's for you, mm-hmm. that, um, and that, that's the freedom we need to make decisions, isn't it? That, that God is actually with me. I think of Dallas Willard talks about, you know, the discipleship being how, how would Jesus live my life if he were me? Yeah. Not what would Jesus do, yeah. <laughs> but what, how would Jesus live my life if he were me? And I hear that in your story. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Jesus, what would you choose Brentwood or Three Crosses? If you had my giftings and you had my, you know, I think that's such a, a deeper question that does involve self-reflection. So, so thank you. Thank you for being a case study, even though you are the host. Well done, host Max. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thank you for joining us on the Praxis Podcast. Oh, 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 oh